This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at EnergeticCity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Welcome to the program. A little later on, we'll be catching up with Jordan Keeley of Keeley Farm. You've probably seen him at uh, various farmers markets over the past, certainly last summer. I'm sure he'll be at them again this summer. Uh, We'll be talking a bit about the outlook uh, uh, for his farm this coming season, given the prices of everything, including gasoline, Going up today included. Uh, But first, the Fort St. John Salvation Army's new supportive housing building is up. But there's still a way to go with construction before people in need can start moving in. So to get an update on construction and all things Salvation Army, we're joined now by the Fort St. John Salvation Army's Executive Director, Jared Braun. Welcome back, Jared, to Moose Talks. Thanks, Dove. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, it's so nice to have you here in person. I think you were the first person I had on the show in person last year when restrictions lifted. So Seems like a long time ago. Right. <laughs> so uh, I thought we'd start kind of in general. How's uh, this year going for this? Salvation Army so far. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to think that we're in April here already. It right. has gone by so fast, um, but uh, we're really pleased with uh, just the ongoing support of the community and, and the ability that we've had to, to meet the needs that are, are in there. I mean, since last fall, you know, the amount of people accessing the food bank has just continued to increase wow. uh, new families and people coming in every single month. And, uh, and yet, um, because of the generosity of the community, our partnership with the grocery stores, uh, we're continually able to, to provide uh, amazing amounts of food to, um, to everybody that comes in and accesses the food bank. So that's been uh, incredible. And, um, you know, we went through the winter. We had our warm spells and then our crazy cold spells. And, and whatever season, um, we uh, were well-staffed and uh, able to provide all the beds and housing um, with our uh, emergency shelter. And during the winter, we obviously expand the uh, bed capacity with the emergency weather response program, um, which ended here now. But uh, even going forward, you know, we have the capability that if the weather dips down again, um, everybody will be able to uh, come and get a bed that needs one. And so, uh, yeah, we are just thankful that we're able to provide those those services. Um, our thrift store has been uh, doing super well. I just talked with my thrift store manager this morning, and uh, we're just so grateful for the community coming out and showing and supporting the store and and out of the last 15 days you know we've had uh, 13 uh, where we've gone over a thousand dollars in in sales and to know that all that money is coming right back in the community to support our work so yeah we're really pleased excellent i wonder if you can speak in general if if you can about what are the challenges that people are using the food bank are facing is it they come here they they can't find enough work is it the cost of everything going up the cost of food and the grocery stores has been going up uh, you know since the flooding and before that cost of gasoline all that uh, what are you hearing from people using the food bank and, and and so many of them using the food bank yeah, it's quite a variety of different reasons. Uh, some of it has been COVID-related, yeah. where people's jobs were in hold. Um, there were some people's jobs were impacted by different uh, mandates, and uh, so they, were, you know, we had people who were professionals who were coming in and needing to use the the food bank because uh, they weren't able to get a, a consistent paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, the rising cost of groceries definitely has impacted, you know, different families um, that have, uh, you know, quite a number of kids that they, they need to serve, and they're just not able to uh, to get all the items they would need. And so sometimes coming to the food bank is just a matter of topping up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we because of the relationship we have with grocery stores, different grants, we can get things like meat and protein that can be really expensive to get in the stores. Uh, yeah, then, you know, work around here can be very seasonal, and so if people haven't really prepared themselves financially for times like coming into now spring breakup um, those can be factors as well that uh, mm-hmm. you know cause people to uh, need to, to utilize the food bank in a slower income season for themselves um, different uh, life challenges health challenges uh, seniors that are are struggling with a really minimal pension or people that are on disability where the income's really low and so you know it's a, a matter of deciding do I pay for rent do I pay for food of course we want people to be able to do both the food bank is able to offset that cost so that they don't have to um, struggle with that choice do i eat or do i have a place to stay mm-hmm. well you said the community has still been very um supportive of the salvation army through this time i wonder what the impact has been then on uh, say a donation somebody says i want to give a hundred dollars to the food bank well again that hundred dollars isn't going as far as it used to are you finding that a bit of a challenge? Or as you said, are these grants and the relationships you have with grocery stores helping to overcome that so you still kind of get the same bang for your buck maybe you were before because of it? I think it'll really uh, be telling as we head into the summertime because uh, obviously during Christmas is our big drive for financial uh, giving and um, the community really stepped up, uh, yeah. you know, allowing us to surpass our $100,000 goal there. Um, but uh, it's the ongoing financial donations um, that we're kind of tracking at the early part of the year to see where that will be. Um, we would really like to see a growth in you know monthly contributions, and we'll probably be doing some uh, campaigns around that shortly. But what helps carry us through is um, just even in volunteer help and people giving of their time. Maybe they can't give of their financial resources, but they can come and support with their time. Well, that helps offset costs, you know, employee labor costs for us when we have people that are willing to come in and give their time to support we've seen a real uptick in volunteers in the last while as well so uh, that's demonstrated the support and then uh, yeah different companies and corporations you know um, coming and giving gifts uh, is it'll be interesting to see you know as we get to summer will that slow down um, will we need to come up with some new initiatives new creativity and in, in different ways to fundraise uh, how that will go mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you about this because, of course, you, uh, like the Women's Resource Center, uh, often uh, the people who are using your store have had are in difficult situations or the emergency shelters, right? Uh, you know, people who are addicted to things or maybe have overdoses in, in their life and whatnot. Well, Northern Health has proposed to the city an overdose uh, prevention services uh, sort of building, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, to, to offer it through a building that won't be far uh, from where the Salvation Army is here in downtown. I wonder if you could comment on, on what you, maybe you've heard about that and, and if you think it's a, a positive thing that, uh, that City Council should definitely throw their weight behind. Yeah, I mean, it's been a conversation that's been ongoing in our community for a while. And um, when I started into the role, kind of jumped into learning more about it. Um, but I definitely see the, the need for services like that. Uh, we, we deal with a lot of folks who are in that very vulnerable space. And, um, you know, to us, every life matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
we think um, that this this service here in the community is one more piece to be able to care for lives, protect lives, and and I think that it will be really helpful as long as it's done well and done right, and as, as long as people understand it's one part of the harm reduction support program. Uh, harm reduction is not just about providing uh, a place for safe injection, but it's the the full spectrum of care, and and so we see ourselves as one part of that in providing um, things like housing and food when people are know that they're cared for and have these tangible supports uh, helps to give them that um, ability to you know step up and, and deal with some of the other issues but um, you know the concern around overdose is huge and needs to be addressed mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so this facility will you know hopefully really help with that and with northern health committing uh, resources to it um, and you know in nursing and uh, life skills support uh, the things that they've proposed if they're able to uh, follow through with that uh, we think it will will be really beneficial for our community Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to ask you about the stigma of that, too, because, again, you, you help a lot of people in, in situations like that. I know we got a message here from somebody who said, I'm tired of my tax dollars paying for drug addicts to overdose, essentially. And, and you know, that's a stigma we hear now. Um, do you think this is a stigma that is getting better? Are we seeing more people in society, more understanding, more empathetic towards people in vulnerable situations who, who, who are suffering yeah, things I, like that. Yeah, I think a lot depends on what people's willingness is to engage. You know, mm-hmm. are they uh, simply looking at what they're reading on social media as that's what's uh, forming, you know, their perspective? Or are they, you know, personally connected with uh, maybe family members or colleagues who they know are, are struggling? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, are they engaged in, in work like what we're doing or women's resource or community bridge, really frontline type of work uh, that re- really can change the perspective on, on you know, what people's um, outlook is on stigmatizing others. And uh, I always encourage people, you know, that it's a, it really comes down to relationship and engaging with people at a personal level. Every person, their life is valuable, uh, you know, no matter what they're going on um, in, in that moment. And uh, I would hope that all of us, whether it was our tax dollars or some other way that we could contribute would be willing to you know step up to the plate to say you know maybe this is not my lot in life but this is where you have ended up and uh, maybe by your choice or not by your choice um, will I still care for you and will I still support you and stand by you and uh, I would hope as humanity that that's our desire you know we see that in response to world affairs and things that have happened even during COVID Mm -hmm. where people have been incredible in showing compassion and and care and uh, you know the lives of someone who's struggling with addiction um, deserve that compassion and care as well. I want to talk about the supportive housing complex. We uh, wrote a story about this uh, earlier uh, this week. Um, It went up very quickly, which was kind of the benefit of it. Uh, But there's still some work to be done. I think uh, they're kind of working on the interior uh, right now is that sort of a, is that what's happening at the moment with the well actually the the interior is just about complete oh, okay. um, I was just inside earlier this week and uh, they actually have had cleaners in cleaning out the suites from all the construction debris and different things like that and they're really doing a lot of the f- uh, finalizing touches on the building and so the building itself um, is is just about uh, fully finished. Uh, of course, they're waiting for um, Spring Thaw to do a lot of the concrete and landscaping work outside. Gotcha. But the biggest holdout that the contractor's struggling with is uh, BC Hydro getting the uh, the main power supply hooked into the building. And until that happens, uh, we're not able to get the uh, the fire alarm systems hooked up. Mm-hmm. That would really allow occupancy and allow us to get in there, start getting set up. Um, so 
that's one of the really big uh, pieces that we're we're waiting on right now. And then on from our end, as the operator, you know, there's a lot of work to be done in um, getting in office supplies, computers, furniture, and uh, getting our budgets um, approved through uh, BC Housing, uh, so that we can then start uh, recruiting and hiring the staff. And so we're expecting a number of months, you know, to be able to go through that process, start getting familiar with the building. Mm-hmm. When we start getting staff in, training them, preparing them, so we want to be able to start very strongly. Um, but we have been accepting applications uh, for the facility, and um, we're um, looking forward to this next month, starting to meet with partners like Northern Health, BC Housing, Women's Resource, Community Bridge, to look at the applications to see who will be the best fit. And our hope, our, our desire would be that sometime this summer, uh, we'd be able to start welcoming people into the building. Wonderful. Did you expect uh, this kind of a delay from BC Hydro? Because uh, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. It's because, again, it, they need the ground to thaw in order to, uh, to to get this kind of electricity to the building. Is that right? Yeah, that is one of the problems right now is um, because they have to the trench down and it, the ground <clears throat> is still quite frozen. Yeah. Um, and it, Unfortunately, it seems like BC Hydro has a bit this reputation when uh, big projects, it just takes them a long time to be able to get in. And so I know the conversation from the contractor was in place with BC Hydro for a long time, and uh, it's just taken you know a long time to get them into the queue uh, mm-hmm. to have them prepared. But good progress has happened. They put in a new po- a power pole about a week ago to get a new transformer up, and now they're just waiting to get the uh, trenching done so that they can get the lines in, and, and uh, hopefully we'll see that happen shortly. Excellent. And you said summer, hopefully. For people that's to what we uh, want to see yeah um, so we will we will keep our fingers crossed for that we will indeed uh, keep our fingers crossed as well Jared thank you so much for stopping by and making some time for us today it was uh, great to be here Dove thanks yeah, so much absolutely that's Jared Braun the executive director of the Fort St. John Salvation Army we'll be right back to talk to Jordan Keeley of Keeley Farms right after this on Moose Talks Did you hear the exciting news? Lake Point Golf and Country Club is now open for golf year-round. Bring your foursome of friends, celebrate a birthday, or bring your work crew for some corporate team building on our two brand new virtual golf simulators. We have appetizers, snacks, and beverages available daily, and our kitchen is ready to provide a full meal on request. Please call 250-785-5566 to book your tea time or event. Swing by the lake. Lake Point Golf and Country Club. It's showtime. Saturday, June 11th, Oventive Event Center. You're my anthem. Brent Kissel brings his showtime tour to Dawson Creek. You're my anthem. With special guest, Jade Eagleson. Tickets are on sale now. Online at TigerBoxOfficePlus.ca. In person at the Tiger Box Office Plus or by phone. Don't miss Brett Kissel live. Brett's album, What Is Life, available now. You're shopping around for an automobile. Come see Ford City Chrysler. You're trying to find the very best deal. Looking for a fine pre-owned vehicle? Ford City Chrysler has cars, trucks, minivans, and SUVs. Four-wheel drive pickups and diesels, too. Many with remaining factory warranty. And they're all quality inspected and ready to go. At Ford City Chrysler, you're buying from your hometown dealer. No pressure, no hassles, just honesty and integrity. Only at Ford City Chrysler. Only in Fort St. John. 
Michael So's Moose Hunt is on. A moose is hiding in plain sight out in the community. Find him for a chance to win an Easter prize pack. Every weekday at 7.50 a.m., Dub and Bree will be giving out hints, so make sure to be listening. Find the moose loose in the community and head to moosefm.ca slash contests to let us know where he is. You'll be entered to win a fantastic prize pack valued at $1,350. The winner will be announced on April 14th. Get outside and into the community for Michael So's Moose Hunt. Powered by Rhythm Auctions, Windsor Plywood, Energetic RC and Hobby, and Moose FM. Happy Easter! <laughs> Who's a good doggy? Do you have a pet that can do a cool trick or just be adorable? Submit a picture of your pet for your chance to win a $100 gift card to North Peace Veterinary Clinic with Pet of the Month at moosefm.ca under contests. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to the show. Now we're going to talk about farming in the Peace, which uh, has met a lot of struggles in the past few years it's been too wet too cold prices have gone up and uh of course the carbon tax going up again today among many other things going on so to chat a bit about farming and uh, his experiences and the prospects for the season we're joined now by jordan keely of keely farm how's it going today jordan not too bad if only the carbon tax was an april fool's joke right <laughs> if only <laughs> well i thought we'd start with this for people who don't know you because of course you are at uh farmers markets a lot so there are a lot of people around here who uh, know uh, of you guys but uh for people who don't know what do you guys do on your farm what's kind of your big business so on our farm we've got about 80 head of cattle right now we started in 2008 so it uh it's a it's an interesting thing trying to farm nowadays with expensive land prices and expensive yeah. equipment. And uh, the traditional way of selling our beef wasn't really working, so we decided last year to start selling direct to the consumers, doing mm -hmm. the farmer's markets. And uh, last year that worked out pretty good for us, and we've carried over selling during the wintertime. And up until now, and we're going to start the markets again. So we'll be doing far, we'll be doing Fort St. John and Charlie Lake again as well. Okay. And uh, and then we also have our live animals that we sell as well, where we've got uh, geese, goslings, and uh, chickens. And then we also have little fainting goats as well, <laughs> where we sell the kids. So in Charlie Lake, we normally end up, uh, my wife will normally bring out some of the baby critters and stuff for kids to see. I'll say that's the part I remember and my daughter being just fascinating with them when we saw you at the, uh, at the uh, uh, farmer's market at Charlie Lake. All right, so uh, I didn't realize that the farmer's market were that new for you. So you used to just sell to like a beef supplier, I suppose. or Yeah, so the traditional way is you sell to auctions or direct to feedlots gotcha. where you have purebred where you're selling to other breeders. And uh, the traditional means of selling aren't as uh, worthwhile as what they used to be mm -hmm. and even farmers that own their land when they got it cheaper and they have all their equipment paid off are, are still struggling to be able to sell their product and make money mm -hmm. so it's even more difficult when you when you incorporate doing it now and mm -hmm. you're paying more for the land and you're paying more for the equipment 
and then more for everything else. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, you commented on this uh, yesterday, I think. You put out a story about a, uh, let's see if I got it right, a price-fixing lawsuit filed against beef suppliers here in Canada, for example. I mean, this was a reality where the price of beef kept going down for you, the seller, but then, of course, it kept going up in the supermarket, which is why there's this lawsuit. But you had said, this is great for consumers, but again, what about the farmers who are raising the cattle, you know? Yeah, so the, the farmers really, the, there's been no inflation in what they're getting paid at all. Yeah. If anything, uh, last fall we saw our prices go to the same as what it was um, when BSE hit, BSE uh-huh. hit 20 years ago. Wow. And uh, the farmers just can't sustain doing that anymore that we're starting to see more and more farmers uh, just selling out because their land is now more worthwhile and the property taxes are getting higher and uh, you get these big corporations that are taking over and lobbying the government they uh, they're the ones that own so many different parts of the chain and they can fix these prices mm-hmm. so we, we the traditional form of selling where you're going to an auction or to this feedlot they'll own these feedlots as well they'll own some of them they own the auctions as well they'll fix the prices as what they want to pay yeah and then they'll turn around process the animal and uh, they fix their price and then it goes to the grocery chains where they can end up making their money Meanwhile, um, just last year, Cargill reported that they made 300% profit over the course of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this lawsuit just highlights the fact that the consumers really are paying way more than what they should. And these big corporations, they're not putting anything back into our infrastructure. And uh, right now, that infrastructure that we have locally is hurting. And Mm -hmm. that's where I try and support that locally by my animals get slaughtered local. My animals also get butchered local. Mm -hmm. All that money stays local, whereas... These big corporations, they'll have temporary foreign workers and they're not even employing our own our own citizens. Mm-hmm. And then that money will end up going out of the country and then these big companies, they're out of this country as well. Mm-hmm. So all those profits don't even come back to Canada. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I found that where people really have to start looking is by by supporting local, you're you're supporting our infrastructure ourselves and actually being able to diversify, being able to actually produce our own products again, where we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, uh, I've had Bess Lego, who's uh, the, the president of the Fort St. John yeah. Farmers Market on recently. We were talking about how I noticed the price of meat in the grocery store compared to the price of meat, say, at Neat's Fireweed Market, where there are some local producers who are selling their meat there. About the same at the moment, which is never, I've never seen that before. Usually you pay a bit of a premium to help out somebody local. So right now, I mean, you buy it local, that profit goes entirely to the local farmer as opposed to, as you say, where if you buy it, say, at a grocery store, well, that goes elsewhere, right? Yeah. um, I I have to ask you, I mean, you said last year you found it was good for you guys to sell your your beef this way, kind of farmer's markets and whatnot. Are you then looking, what's kind of the outlook for you this year then, if you're going to keep doing that and with prices going up, say, like gasoline, the carbon tax, the food, you know, your, your taxes and whatnot on your land, um, what kind of a year are you expecting 
Well, last year we we sold some of our animals traditionally and we lost money. Mm-hmm. And that's where we said something has to change. And we, we decided to sell direct to consumer, doing the gate to plate. And it made it so that we were making money for, for one of the few times actually doing it that way. And we always try and we're not trying to be millionaires. We're just trying to make it so then we can make money and get our product out affordably to people as well. Because yeah. we, we, we completely understand how expensive it is in the stores. It, uh, I think it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I, I think so much of this is artificially inflated. Um, the fuel costs, we... <laughs> We're one of the richest resource countries in the world. There's no reason why it needs to be like this. Mm-hmm. We, we could go to wells just around here, and we'd have more than enough oil for us to be able to use all of the parts and equipment. It's all going up in mm-hmm. price. Um, the fuel is the same way, carbon tax today. Um, farmers do still get some exemptions, which help. But when it comes to further down the line, everything else we buy we we are affected by these prices this year uh, i'm uncertain as to how it's going to go because i've never seen fuel prices this high mm-hmm. and i and so many things uh this is just a ripple effect when you see the fuel prices right now you won't see the farmer's end product price till four or five months from now yeah and that's where people are going to get the sticker shock of that flour uh, grain prices and beef prices, they, they can just double in value in mm-hmm. that time frame. Wow. And it, it, it can't go this way. Like mm-hmm. it, uh, That's why I say our, our infrastructure, uh, Canada needs to focus just on our own infrastructure and getting it working again, mm-hmm. rather than all this extra stuff. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I think the bit, I don't mind paying into taxes and, and doing all these extra things, but we're not seeing anything come back we're not seeing any results the only thing that environmentally gets improved is if i want to improve something on my own farm which mm-hmm. is the whole point of regenerative agriculture and what we strive for because it helps benefit us as well mm-hmm. so you would then support you'd like to see the the provincial government the federal government help you guys out they, by reducing taxes or maybe even subsidies or, or something to to maybe keep the focus on local local food most definitely, I uh, I think that right now we're we're probably the most taxed country or province in, in the world right now, mm-hmm. and it, it isn't sustainable. Okay. Well, Jordan, I really appreciate you taking some time driving out to see us here and uh, give your take on on things. And uh, hopefully, it's a, a better year uh, than than your kind of the outlook is at the moment. So, thanks uh, for taking some time to chat with us today. Thank you, and I definitely look forward to anybody coming out and visiting the markets in Fort St. John and Charlie Lake. Absolutely. That's Jordan Keeley from Keeley Farm. We'll be right back to wrap things up on Moose Talks right after this. One of the most important parts of any vehicle is the windshield. Think about all the things it protects you from. At Alpine Glass Windows and Doors, they know your windshield is a critical safety feature of your vehicle, so they make sure to treat all windshield repairs and replacements with extreme attention to detail. You might not think that crack in your windshield is a big deal until it is. Alpine Glass Windows and Doors in Fort St. John. ICBC Glass Express certified. Visit alpinewindows.ca. 
When we say there's always something going on in the energetic city, we mean it. The staff at the City of Fort St. John's Recreation Department always have a variety of exciting programs and events planned all year long. Swims and skates, camps and contests. You can find something happening throughout the city at the Pomeroy Sports Center, the North Peace Leisure Pool, Centennial Park, or the Cultural Center. For more, visit the City of Fort St. John Recreation page on Facebook or fortstjohn.ca. If you're a contractor without a core compliance health and safety management system, you could be missing out on oil and gas opportunities. If you already have a Jetsu developed system, it may be time to update. Either way, Jeanette at Jetsu Ventures can help and may be able to offer a 50% rebate on new programs. Be prepared, empowered, and pre-approved to work on all potential client sites. Call Jeanette at Jetsu Ventures today at 250-7830760. That's 250-7830760. Here we see the Canadian moose preparing to hibernate for the winter. This massive creature will soon take shelter within the trees, too. Wait a minute, moose don't hibernate, and neither do we. The Backcountry Winter Cruiser will be out in the community all winter long. We'll be busy roaming around the Peace Region this winter, checking out local events, fundraisers, and much more. Do you have an event you want us to check out? Email us at cruiser at moosefm.ca. The Backcountry Winter Cruiser. Powered by the North Peace Leisure Pool, Magmar Maintenance, Home Hardware, Micro Consulting Sales and Service, and Mechanics. Staffing services. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit pris.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Big thank you to our guests today, uh, Jared Braun and Jordan Keeley, for stopping by. EnergeticCity.ca is taking part in a project called Media Evolution Striving to Serve. And we need your input on how we deliver the news to you and how you read it in an increasingly digital world. So you can participate now and find out more information about this project that is ongoing for some time uh, over at EnergeticCity.ca slash evolution. Well, that's the show for today. Trey Lopashinsky is the producer. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.